Michigan Central Station, past and 2012. What a sight, huh? This building, the train depot and the office tower on top, is called Michigan Central Station. The whole thing's been closed since 1988. Since then, sneaking into it has become a bit of a pastime for scrappers, urban explorers, curious local kids, and world travelers alike. If you came today thinking that you'd be able to sneak into it, be warned. The owners of the station are working to make that a thing of the past. Luckily, I convinced them to let me go inside. So I'm going to take you on an audio tour through this historic building. So for a building that's been abandoned for, my gosh, I should do the math. One of the people with me is Kelly Cavanaugh. 15 years, fully abandoned. The bones are still really good. She wrote the book, Detroit's Michigan Central Station. You're catching up with us at the beginning of our tour. All we've done without you is walk through the little wooden front door, and now we're standing in the area just behind the windows. All the windows are gone, and they're huge windows, so you're just getting, like, an actual wind tunnel in here. I know my hair's blowing, and uh, I can definitely hear the wind. In its present state, Michigan Central is sometimes compared to ancient ruins. Once you're inside, you can kind of see why. It has marble pillars that support high-arched ceilings. It's pockmarked and crumbled. Half the sculptured rose tiles in an archway above us are missing. So you see giant pieces of the wall chunked away. You see tattoo boys tags, some romantic tags. So-and-so loves so-and-so. Joe seems to love Kayla an awful lot. Some of the graffiti that I have seen on here is absolutely just beautiful. Jack Teetsworth is head of security at the station. But again, it's still graffiti. These buildings don't, they don't deserve having that type of uh, markings on them or anything. Perhaps if these graffiti artists had seen how the building looked when it opened in 1913, they'd have kept the lids on their spray paint. The building that welcomed you is just so grand. It must have, you must have really felt like you were, you were hitting the big time. People were dressed up. You know, people didn't travel like they do nowadays in pajamas and Uggs. <laughs> just imagine marble pillars, marble floors, patterned hardwood, decorative brick walls, the acoustics would have been amazing. And the tall ceilings gave it a kind of cathedral effect. The station was designed by the same guys who did Grand Central Terminal in New York. It was scheduled to open on January 4th, 1914. But nine days before, a fire hit the downtown depot. And it hit it pretty bad. It only made sense to open Michigan Central Station early. So the trains were rerouted here and passengers showed up to board the trains from here the same evening of the fire. Kelly and I are standing at the ramp at the back of the depot where passengers would have boarded their trains. And um, you can imagine, you know, this was before rolly suitcases, so people were carrying their luggage and probably hustling to get on those trains, and I can imagine some, some fast-moving people on this ramp. I think that's the thing that this building always conveys to me is so much movement. In the 1940s, the height of rail travel in America, this station would see over 4,000 people a day. Some trains were 8 to 10 hours apart, 
which meant people would end up being stranded at the station, much like we get stranded at airports today. So the station had a lot of amenities. There were barbershops, beauty shops, a women's lounge, a gentleman's lounge, magazine stands, newsstands, little shops to buy things at, and bathtubs. Jack's going to take us to see one. John, you got a flashlight with you? We follow Jack into a dark corridor on the left side of the station. And now we're peering into a room which looks to be the size of a typical home bathroom. Um, people would put a nickel in the door and the door would unlock and you bring your suitcases and stuff in here. You had a sink, you had a toilet, and this is where the tub sat. And people would actually, just like they would at home, take a bath and clean up and freshen up and everything. Jack's flashlight illuminates what remains of the modest white bathroom. Well, today the tub is missing. You still have the white ceramic tile on the walls halfway up. Um, Cement floor, the tile is all gone. The doors are gone. The nickel lock for the doors are all gone. Jack leads us through the middle of the station and over to the right side. This is where the dining room used to be. The windows are boarded up here, so he shines his flashlight over the dusty, gutted room. This was all counters. You had three of them. And then over there along the wall, you had a table and chairs with your linen tablecloths and linen napkins and everything. For Jack... This isn't just an abandoned dining room in an old train station. Yeah, back in 1945, uh, my dad met my mother here at the depot when she came in from Kentucky on the train. And they came in here and had breakfast, and this is where my dad proposed to her. And uh, they were married 54 years when dad passed away. So I'm kind of, kind of ghosted by this place. But... Uh, that's just one story, and imagine how many thousands of stories like that came through this place. If only walls could talk. Is it more than a historical structure for you? Oh, absolutely. Um, when I look at this building, I see what Detroit was at one time, uh, what America was at one time, from its infancy right on up until what the great generation made it. What the building is in the shape it's in right now is pretty much what our country's in. But it is solid. It still has a great foundation. And um, I think it can be brought back. For Listen to Detroit, I'm Laura Herberg. Before you go, we want to hear your response to this story right here, right now. On your phone, look at our website and click on the menu bar at the top of the page. From that drop-down menu, select Share a Story. It'll be as easy as leaving a voicemail message. What memories do you have of Michigan Central Station? Or what important details did we miss? Maybe you'd just like to leave a comment. If you have something to say, please click on the Share a Story tab now. This audio guide was produced by Laura Herberg with Posey Gruner, Noah Morrison, Zach Rosen, and Allison Swaim. It was funded in part by SoundCloud with in-kind support from 1019 WDET. A very special thanks to Kelly Cavanaugh. Again, her book is called Detroit's Michigan Central Station. It's filled with great pictures. 
Thank you to Jennifer Dennis and Nora Maroon for granting us access to the station. Also, thanks to Dan Austin for all the information and insight he supplied us with. We used his article about the station on historicdetroit.org as a reference. He also has two amazing books on buildings of Detroit. His latest, Forgotten Landmarks of Detroit, is out November 2012. We also want to thank Jeanette Pierce, Joel Stone, Jerry Paffendorf, and Mary Lorraine Carter. For more guides created by Listen to Detroit, go to our website, listentodetroit.org. While there, you can check out links to these and other books, as well as tours of Detroit.